Welcome to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. at the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. You can also check us out online at realchurchcoweta.com or jump on Facebook at Real Church Coweta. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Are we ready? All right. Can you turn it down just a little bit? Just a hair. A little bit more. Yeah, a little bit more. We're doing a sound check right in front of you guys. Welcome. It's Real Church. Here we are, being real. All right. That sounds good to me. Can you turn it down just a little bit more? All right. Now you guys get to see how the biscuits are made. Well, I'm going to go get my chair because this may get interesting. So listen, you guys, if you're coming, if you haven't been in church in a while or you're looking for a home church, we'd love to have you here. Uh, I'll tell you this, you picked a great morning to come because we have a baptism today at the end of the service. Isn't that awesome? Yes. Yes. Uh, I actually get, the, I, I get to baptize Herb and Jerry's favorite daughter. So it's awesome. It's awesome. I get to baptize Herb and Janet. I'm so glad, you know, hope it takes better than Kim. Anyway, but uh, I'm excited. I, I'm just kidding, y'all. Love you both. Kind of. Probably Janet Moore, but anyway, um, listen, you guys did pick a great day to come because we actually are starting a new series. And traditionally, I want to tell you what we usually do. Usually what we do is, is uh, I pick a book of the Bible and then it takes me seven years to go through it. Okay, that's usually what happens because we want to deep dive into it. But uh, this year, what we're doing is we're actually going through every parable of Jesus. We're going to go through every parable of Jesus. Um, There's different people say, well, there's 40, well, there's 38, well, there's, we condensed them down into, because there's some of them that are, that are, that are like today's is about new cloth and new wineskins and it's all the same. But what the cool thing is, is we actually printed a card up for you. And unlike John, the book of John, we just got through with the book of John and it took 17 years to get through. Literally, it took a year and a half to get through. And can you believe that some of these people actually gave me grief about how long it was taking? And I'm like, I, I'm, the Lord's got to do what the Lord's going to do. I mean, it's not me. Anyway, but it became kind of a joke. But we decided to make cards up. When I say we, I mean Miranda. Decided to make cards up. And you can see the date and what, uh, what parable is going to be taught on that week. And you can go back and look. If you miss a week, you can go back and listen to it online. But make sure you pick up one of these cards outside. All right? Well, I'm glad you guys are here today. The series is called Parables. It's really, the title is really Jesus the Storyteller. And Jesus was a storyteller. But I want to tell a story first. Um, Have you guys ever, one of the things that my lovely bride does, and it's really funny, is that she loves to shop online. Does anyone else love to shop online? Yes. I see not one dude that said, yeah, man, I love to shop online. Because if you did, you wouldn't raise your hand here anyway. Because all the other guys would, would give you grief. So she likes to shop online. And she, uh, she will buy things. She likes to go to the store and shop. In general, she likes to shop. And that's, that's kind of my spiritual gift is teaching and preaching. Hers is shopping. And so we, uh, she does like to shop. And, but here's, every once in a while, here's what will happen. Um, every once in a while she'll get a shirt or something that she really loves and 
me being the incredible husband I am, I will, I will say, honey, I know you tell me not to do the laundry, but I feel like that you would be happier this weekend if, you, if I did the laundry. And so on Friday, which is usually my off day, I will do the laundry. Now, I personally don't see any reason to separate whites and darks. I don't see any reason that. I throw everything in and see how everything comes out. And that's a fact. Uh, I literally take my own clothes and just dump them all in and we'll see what happens. So, um, so and then what I do is, is I put, I put, and I've learned, but uh, I've learned through hard times. Uh, hard times being Wendy wants to kill me. Um, I, I just throw everything in the dryer and put it on high heat. About 90 minutes is usually pretty good. All right. I cannot tell you how many times, how many times Wendy has come out of the closet with a shirt she was going to wear and she comes out and the sleeves are up to here and it's turned into a long sweater into a crop top. It's just all shrunk. That's happened a whole, she's shaking because she knows it's true. And then of course she says this, she says, well, I guess I'll have to go buy me another sweater. That happens a lot. Well, it's interesting because that's exactly what's going to happen. We're going to talk about today. <clears throat> We're going to talk about that happening today. It's an interesting thing. It's an interesting thing that Jesus uses about new cloth uh, into old cloth and new wine into old wine skins. Now, Jesus was a master storyteller. And I will remind you of this almost every week. We see that he was a master storyteller because we see his Sermon on the Mount. If you look at his Sermon on the Mount, you know that he is an incredible storyteller. As a matter of fact, in John chapter 7, verse 46, it says, We have never heard, this is what the guard says, We have never heard anyone speak like this. Never heard anyone speak like this. He was the master storyteller. He was the master teacher. In Luke chapter 2, verses 46 and 47, we see Jesus in the temple. And he's not 33 and he's not 30, he's 12. Three days later, they finally discovered him being Jesus in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. And all, this is, he's 12. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. We see him, him using tools for teaching. Now, I'll be honest with you. A lot of people that come to our church will realize that I'm not really, a, I'm, not, I'm not a screaming preacher. Okay? I'm, as a matter of fact... Like on, on Christmas Eve, whenever I say stuff like, it's all true, it's all true, and I get a little animated, a lot of you gave me grief because of that. Especially Kip, my best friend over there, he gave me a lot of grief for that. It's all true. I said, dude, I was trying to be, and he said, don't do that. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, I am not a scream, pound from the pulpit. Here's what I am, though, and I've always known this since I was, honestly, since I was probably a teenager, is... I love teaching. It's what I do. I love, as a matter of fact, if you're a teacher here, what you will, if you looked at my sermon and you looked at your lesson plan that you prepare, hopefully on a weekly basis, you will see 
that a lot of the way I speak and I teach is from a lesson plan. Now, I have, I have an education background, and, but it is almost like a lesson plan. And here's why. And I personally believe that every pastor should have to get an undergrad in education first because what you do is, is you learn how people learn. People learn in various ways. Some of you like to sit and like to, like to deep dive into various words, various scriptures, and you go deep and that's how you learn. Other people like to see visualizations and that's how you learn. Some people like to connect, and here's what it is, connect a story with the teaching. Now, there's a very technical term in the education field when you connect a story with the teaching. Here's what it's called. Connecting the story with the teaching. Connecting the learning. And here's why that happens. Here's why it happens. Because right now today, there are a lot of people in this room, even some that I've been your student pastor for years and years and years, way back when, when I was a lot younger and still had no hair, but I still was a lot younger. And you remember stories that I have told. You remember the stories and hopefully you can remember the story and then connect it to that which I taught you. Are you with me? And that's exactly what Jesus is doing in his parables. Let's take a look at what parable means. I think we should have this up there. Here's what parable means. The word parable is, is brought to you by, the, there's two words, para, and what para means, it means that which is alongside of, something that walks alongside of. The word ballo means something thrown in, something thrown alongside of. And so, Parable means something that is thrown alongside to understand. Are you with me? To bring about more meaning. And so the reason I said that you picked a good Sunday to come, if you haven't been in church for a while or if you're visiting, is this. For the next 38 weeks, all the way until, hold on a second, all the way until November 3rd, we are going to, thank you, Miranda, we are going to have week after week, we are going to hear a story that is connected to a learning. And here's the best part. Every single one of them, you should get this every week, but every single one of them have a very clear message so that you can take a little lunchbox out of here with you and gnaw on it for the whole week. Are you with me? It helps you. You can apply it directly to your life on a weekly basis. Now, one of the most famous parables in the Old Testament, and there were parables in the Old Testament. One of the most famous is this, and I won't read it. I'll just tell you the story. There's a, there's a situation where um, King David is supposed to be off at war, but he's not off at war. And he's on the roof, and he looks over, and he sees a woman bathing, in her tub, and he decides he wants that woman. And he decides what he's going to do is, is he's going, to, <clears throat> he's going to send her husband to the front line to get killed so that he can have the woman. And 
a buddy of his, Nathan, who, who you can always trust people that will tell you hard things, by the way. He comes to him and he tells him this parable. And he tells him this parable about this guy who had this one animal and the other. And it's a fascinating little parable. It's actually found in 2 Samuel, Second uh, Samuel, um, hold on, 2 Samuel 12, 1 and 6. And he tells this story and David's like, I don't know who that guy is, but go get him and we got to kill him because he, I can't believe he did this. And Nathan says, David, you are that man. It's you. See, you have everything. He had one thing and you took it from him instead of enjoying all that you had. And that's when David repented. The Pharisees used during Jesus' day, they used parables to teach the Mosaic law. But I want you to understand one thing about Jesus' parables, and it's different. It's different than the way the Pharisees used it. Jesus used parables to bring forth, here it is, a new revelation, a new covenant. He used these parables to teach on those things. So with that said, Let's dive into the parables for today. And I think, did I mention that these have the scriptures on it too? They do. You're welcome. Thanks, Miranda. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9, verses 16 and 17. Matthew chapter 9, verses 16 and 17. It says this, starting in verse 16, it says, Besides... Who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away from the old cloth. Now, remember I told you that we were going to talk about the whole dryer situation and washing? There it is. See, what's happened is, is I put these new clothes in the washer and dryer. And I've dried them so much and they've shrunk up. And that's the same thing that's happening here with this new, with this new cloth. And it says it would leave an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts new wine into old wineskins for the old skins would burst from the pressure, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine is stored in new wineskins so that both are preserved. In Mark chapter 2, we're going to take a look at Mark chapter 2. And these are all cross references. So Mark chapter 2, verses 21 and 22. It says, besides, who would patch old clothing with new cloth? For the new patch would shrink and rip away the old cloth, leaving an even bigger tear than before. And no one puts the new wine into the old wineskins, for the wine would burst the wineskins, and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. And then you go to Luke chapter 5. We go over to Luke chapter 5. And it's starting in verse 36. Luke 5 verse 36 says, Then Jesus gave them this illustration. No one tears a piece of cloth from a new garment and uses it to patch an old garment. For then the new garment would be ruined and the new patch would even, wouldn't even match the old garment. And no one puts um, a new wine into old wineskins. For the new wine would burst in, uh, the, the wineskins, spilling the wine and ruining the skins. New wine must be stored in the new wineskins, but no one who drinks the old wine seems to want to be, seems to want the new wine. The old is just fine for them, is what he says. What exactly is going on here? Well, let me tell you a couple things about what they did. Uh, they did a lot like what we did. They took a patch. My mom, when I was little, I used to have these jeans, and I had, a, I had an incredible spiritual gift. Here's what I would do. My mom would go, and I would buy husky pants. Anybody wear husky? 
Just me. I was the only fat kid in here, huh? Okay, okay, there's one or two more uh, husky pants. And so I'd wear these husky pants. And for some reason, my mom thought that if the legs were a little too long, that was okay. And so what I would do is, is I would run around and I would play, and I would wear the back parts of my pants out. It was awful. She'd cut them off, sew them up, and I'd be good. But the thing I didn't like was, was that I would also wear the knees out. I was always diving and running and all this kind of stuff, and, and I'd tear the knee out. Well, Mom didn't give a rip if it was the same color or anything. She'd just throw a patch on there, and I'd go to school looking like a weirdo. All right? I mean, that's just what happened. And so what they're saying is, is this, whenever they had a, you know, you, you wouldn't take a new cloth and put it on there because what's going to happen is when you sew it in there and then you wash it, it the, the new is going to shrink up some and the old is going to get bigger because it's going to be pulled away and it's not going to work. Now the wineskin is a little different. What they would do is, is they would take, take these grapes and they would put them into a, a, a press and they would press them down uh, and they would store them in these big square vats and they would, what they would do is they would press them down and then they would let them sit there for a while. And what they would do is, is they would let them sit there because the gases would escape. And the more gas escaped, the better it would be. However, they didn't get all of those things out. And during the fermentation process, that would, that would often occur that whenever they would take a, 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 the, the wine, they would pour it into a new wine skin. Now the wineskin was made and it was, it was uh, sewn up, but it was new and it was very pliable. But when you use it over a period of time, it's no longer pliable. Now when they would put it in there and the gases would escape, the wineskin would actually expand. It would expand and it would stay that way. So you can tell a difference between an old wineskin and a new wineskin because the old wineskin has expanded. But the other thing the old wineskin does because of age is that it gets hard and brittle and it can crack. And so if you, hear me out, the new wineskin didn't do that because it was still pliable. It was new. But the old wineskin, it would get hard and brittle and crack. And so therefore, if you took new wine and you poured it into an old wineskin, the gases would escape and it would explode. That's what would happen. So he's saying this, he's saying, you can't, who would replace this cloth, new cloth in this old, in, in, in this old garment because it's going to draw in and it's going to pull away and the hole's going to be bigger. But also, who would put this new wine into old wineskin because if you put the old in into old wineskin it's going to expand it's going to crack and eventually it's going to burst and so what you need is is you need new wine skins to put it in what does this mean for us well let's go over a few applications to what he's talking about here Point number one I'm going to make is this. Jesus' new covenant, which is what he was teaching on whenever he brought forth, Jesus' new covenant could not be connected to the old covenant. I want you to hear that. Jesus' new covenant could not be connected to the old covenant. The old wineskins, they were the Jewish religious people of the time. 
their teachings, their piety, their show. They would put things on their arms and they would have a show almost And when they would walk through the streets. And remember whenever they said that, that people would come up and this guy come up and prayed and he said, Lord, thank you that I'm not like that. Sorry, sap. You remember that? Thank you that I'm not like this guy. It was almost like a show for them. And Jesus is saying, listen, this new covenant, this new wine cannot go, cannot be connected to the old covenant. I don't care about outward holiness is what he's saying too. It's the inward. So what was the new wine? If the old wineskins were the Jewish religious people, then what was the new wineskins? Well, guys, the new wineskin is us. Is the church. See, God had poured into the Israelite people, his chosen people, to draw people of himself and see the greatness of, of God so that they too would follow God. I want you to know something. There was never a situation where God didn't want all of eternity, all every person ever to live, whether Jewish or not, it was always for everyone. He poured his blessing into the Jewish people so that people from all around would come and see the greatness of God and follow God. But the new wine is going to be poured into the church. It's you and me. It wasn't the Jewish people, but it was for everyone all over the world. Here's the truth of the matter. He wanted a new relationship that was bursting out of a tired old religion of the past. It's amazing to me when I see people, I, I don't understand, I've never understood this, when I see people setting up, when they come to church, and, and this is one of the reasons I planted this church, um, it's probably also one of the reasons why we're, we're not, we're not, we don't have nine, nine million people here today. Um, one of the reasons I planted this church is, is because I kept going to various churches, and I love all the other churches, but I kept going to them, and I kept seeing legalism and these things that were set up, this religious checklist that was set up by man to define whether or not someone was holy and to define whether or not someone was godly and to define. And so... so I think we can see that in the life of Christ. I think we can see that in the disciples. I think we can see that in Paul. I think we can see what the scripture says and we can say, well, the scripture says this and so I believe this. But I never understood why people would, would, would take, I'm just going to be very transparent with you. I, I don't understand why churches, there's some churches that still have this high church, high uh, religious um, uh, uh, I don't even know the right word. Just, just they do these things and, and, it's, and it's very rote and everything is very mechanical and there's no relationship. And I don't see how you can read this text and have that kind of relationship with God. I don't see that. I don't understand that. I don't understand why you wouldn't want to break free from that. I don't understand why you wouldn't want to throw away your checklist of, well, I did this today, I did that today, I did this today, I did that today. I'm a good person. Let's go to bed and wake up tomorrow morning and try to do it again. Jesus came to preach freedom. And he preached freedom from the captives of sin forever, not just until the following Sunday. So this is, the new is not compatible with the old. That's the first thing I want to tell you. 
It's not. The new covenant is not connected to the old and it's not compatible. The second thing, it's not compatible with the old. Jesus is saying this, new things can't go into the same old vessels. Now, what does that mean for you and I? Well, let's take it from the church to us. What does it mean for you and I? Here's what it means for you and for me. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this. It says, this means anyone who belongs to Christ has become a what? A new person. Now, we've become a new person. The old life is still around and you can go back and do all those things and hang out with all those people and, and you can kind of act like that, right? You can act like that. The old life is still around so you can go back and forth is what you can do. You can, you can have the same morals and the same values as you had before. Your life really doesn't change because you can kind of make the scripture say whatever it wants to say. No, that's not what the Bible says. Here's what the Bible says. It says that, that those who belong in Christ have become a new person and the old life is gone. Is gone. Now over the holidays, we had some cheesecake from Angeline. And it didn't take long for it to be gone. Now, even though I went back and looked in the refrigerator four or five times, seeing if there was a crumb or morsel somewhere that had dropped on the bottom of the refrigerator, it was gone. It was gone. Gone means gone. Gone means no longer around. I think a lot of us, and I think this is what God would say to you, a lot of us, we do want to follow Jesus. We do want to be a follower. Listen, Jesus said, it's going to be difficult to follow me. People are not going to like you because you follow me. And that may not have been true 30 or 40 years ago in America, but it's true today. People are not going to, if you follow my well, word says, you're going to be scorned. You're going to be. And so it says, hey, you need to count the cost. So we as people have to understand that it has to be gone. A lot of us, we want Jesus, but we don't want to follow. I mean, let's just be real. A lot of us want Jesus, but we don't want to follow. A lot of us want a Savior, but we don't want a Lord. And Jesus can't just be your Savior. He has to be your Lord. Well, what does Lord mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. The word Lord means boss. It means boss. He has to be your boss. And we have to fully surrender. Jesus says, hey, listen, this new covenant is based on a new mindset. It's 100% new. That's why I love Hebrews 12, verse 1. Let's do Hebrews 12, verse 1, if you have that up there. It says, therefore. And, and the therefore is, it says, because of all these cloud of witnesses, and he's talked about all these people of faith in the Old Testament, I mean the New Testament, uh, in, in Hebrews 12, 1, and he's referencing people in the Old Testament. And he says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. The word there in, in other versions is entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Let us run with endurance. We have to embrace our new life and throw off the old life.
The final thing I'll tell you is this before I close. We have to refuse the old wineskins in our life. What are the old wineskins in our life? Well, they're the checklists and the rules and regulations that I talked about earlier. They're do this and don't do that. The strict rules that some kind of holiness but they're all dried up in this empty vessel. We think that we're going to be holy if we do certain things. I've often told you this, the best thing you can do, the best thing you can do for Christ is to say, I can't do anything for you, Lord. Will you lead me and guide me? And can I come alongside you as you do the work through me by using Holy Spirit? Will you do that? And then you'll find what you have is, is you'll say, hey, listen, you know, I, I used to want to do this, but I don't want to do that anymore. And it's not because I have, to, I have to put off a checklist. It's because of the love that I have because I found a Savior and a Lord who I love, and I don't want to do those things anymore. I have no desire. When the desire falls away, the relationship can start in Christ. What are some modern day wineskins, old wineskins that we have, especially the church? You guys, the church has rules. Let me say something to you. And I said this long, long time ago. I don't ever want anyone to try to put something on me that's not in the scriptures. If it's in the Bible, then I'm good. If it's not, then I don't want to hear it. So what are some old wineskins that you may have grown up with in church? Well, here's one. Thou shalt not dance. That's the 11th commandment, isn't it? Thou shalt not drink alcohol ever. Isn't that one? I don't, the church I grew up in that says I don't drink, smoke, or chew, or associate with those that do. Man, they went another level, didn't they? Well, just so you know, my daughter has a major issue with alcohol, and so she abstains, and so should you if you do. But the Bible does not say you cannot have a beer. And I've taught on that. You can go look at it. A few people may be picking your head off the ground right now, but it doesn't say it. This is a fun one I love. I may institute this here. Women should only wear long skirts. <laughs> Women shouldn't cut their hair. That's one of those old wineskins. Woo. I know. Here's one. Here's one, and I've told the story about interacting with the church that came around. There was a church that came around, and I was out weed eating. And they came up to me, and they had three-piece suits on, and it was 150 degrees outside. And uh, they pulled up in a big old Cadillac, of course. And um, they come up, and they were like, hey, and he was talking to me. I, I've told this story, but the guy said, I said, I'm a pastor. And he said, let me ask you a question, pastor. And I said, yeah. He said, do you all use the King James Version of the Bible? And I knew, I knew what he meant. I knew, I knew what kind of church it was. And there ain't nothing wrong with the King James Version. It's just not the only version. He said, I said, no. Do you guys use the King James Version? Yes, we do, brother. Let me tell you why. And I sit there for about five minutes. I was like, look, dude, I'm dying here. All right, I got to go. Here's another one that we don't want to talk about. Every time the doors are open at the church, you should be there. Y'all are kind of funny. Now, I'm not giving you permission to skip, okay? Don't, don't take that. Some of y'all will be like, you said. So, yeah, but you ain't been here in four months. But I will tell you this, you guys are kind of funny because you'll come in and I'll be like, hey, how's it going? And you'll be like, I'm so sorry, two weeks I haven't been here. And I'm like, 
I just wanted to know how your day was. I really wasn't great, but I just wanted to know how your day was. Here's one that I was told. If you don't take a physical offering every Sunday or talk about money, your church will fail. We're eight years running, guys. We've never taken a physical offering. And I think we're doing pretty good. We paid approximately zero dollars for all of this. Pretty nice, huh? God knows what he's doing. Here's one. And this is the final one. I don't want to step on too many toes. Pianos and organs are the only acceptable instrument in the church. Pianos and organs. Now listen, I tell our praise team this. I always say, I want you guys to know something. I want you to know something. I don't want rock and roll Jesus up here. All right? I don't. I don't. I don't want rock and roll Jesus. I don't want smoke. and everything. I don't want smoke because of the fire alarms. But I, don't, I really would actually like a little smoke. But anyway, I'm just kidding. I don't want smoke and I don't want a show. I want genuine people that love God and get up here and do their best to present to you an area where you, if you choose, can join into worship. That's what I want. But I don't care if some, somebody can play that riff on, you know, on the third stand. I don't care. What I want is, is I want us to have a situation where we can embrace God in a new way. But piano and organs, I, I've never understood that either. They're like, they're all instruments. So if, I figured if you're going to go with instruments, go all the way. But the church I used to go to, they used to say, you can't have that guitar in the sanctuary. And I'm like, you do know that the music is all made up of the same, right? You know that, like that over there, you know that. All traditions, guys. Here's what Galatians 5.1 says to this. And I, I love this verse and I cling to this verse. It says, so Christ has truly set you free. Now make sure that you stay free. And don't get tied up again in the slavery of the law. Stay free. People ask me all the time, why'd you name it Real Church? Well, I'll tell you why I named it Real Church. Because I wanted you <clears throat> to be able to come in here and be genuine in who you are, not who you are, uh, not who you are on Sunday mornings, okay? Who you are every day. And be genuine. Because if you can be genuine with God all the time, and you can come in here and feel free to be free, to be who you are, that's a great place where God can start and you can grow with Him and you can learn with Him and it becomes genuine to you. It becomes real to you. And that's why we called the church Real Church. That's why. That's why. God's doing a lot of things here. What's the parable? What's the thought in this parable? <clears throat> parable says I'm doing a new thing and I can't put it in that old way of thinking I can't put it in that old old wineskin I need to pour it into something new and watch what happens and he's pouring it into you and me he just is let me pray for you God thank you for today Thank you for who you are, God. Thank you so much for this parable that teaches us so much. 
Thank you for the reminder that you bring the new wine. God, we want to we just want to worship you today in spirit and truth. And we want to declare that God, you, you are the one that brings about freedom. Lord, I love you and I thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to do something a little bit different this morning. I'm going to ask you guys not to play quite yet because, guys, listen, God's blessing us big time. Lynn, can we bring up the lights just, just a second? Can we bring up those lights? Because um, I'm going to do something real, real briefly. Um, uh, I have to go back in a second to do baptisms. Usually we would do this at the end of the service, but I want to go ahead and do this, do this now. We've got two families that have come forward and said, hey, listen, we really, we really believe in the ministry and we want to be a part of the church family. And so uh, the Diaz family is in the back. We've got uh, Peter, Erica, John, and Daniel. If you guys will stand up. And then um, we've got um, Richard and Donna Carter. They're so close, they're not even sitting together. Richard and Donna, y'all stand up. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And here's what we like to do. I like to meet with people and talk to them, get to know them and stuff. Um, but I do like to have a commitment made. And so I want to ask you guys this, and you can respond. It says, as a follower of Jesus Christ, do you promise to be a faithful member of real church? Do you promise to faithfully support this church, set an example of love and faithfulness, and to live out this not only among us here, but also as a representative of Christ in this church and our community? If this is your commitment, will you say, I will? I will. Richard, I didn't hear you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Richard. Thank you so much. Love you guys. Y'all can have a seat. Church, I want to ask you this too, church. We love these families, don't we? We love these families. Do you, church family, take, take spiritual responsibility for these families? Do you promise to pray for them, love them, and live before them in a way that show them the best and how to live for Christ? If this is your commitment, will you say we will? We will. All right. It's always great. Welcome them, you guys. Welcome them. It's always great to have that happen. I always, I always love that. I always love us doing that. And hey, listen, we're going to go ahead and start this, this worship. We're going to go ahead and, and everybody can go ahead and stand up. We're going to go ahead and worship now. And I will be back with you in a second to do an incredible thing that is a great example of being buried with Christ and rising into a new life. I'll be right back. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Real Church Coweta. If you have any questions or would like to contact us, please visit our website at realchurchcoweta.com and click on the Contact Us tab. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Worship Center on the campus of Central Christian School in Sharpsburg. Until then, God bless and remember to love God, love others, and live real.